The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Jim Stanley sitting in for Dr. Alex McFarland today, and I'm joined in studio by Brother Bert Harper. Bert, now let me let me tell you what Alex said yesterday <laughs> afternoon. As we're getting ready to close out the program, he said, Jim, why don't you let Bert fill in for me and you fill in for Bert? <laughs> and I and I told him I thought I would rather fill in for him since you were actually here. Well, I'll tell you, that would be flip-flop. Flip-flop. That's but we're right. not politicians, so we're not going to do that's it. That's right. Hey, like that. Yeah, Jim, it's good. I appreciate you being in yesterday for me. I called away expectantly. Helping a son, you know, right. when you can help your children, don't Is you Is that just, the story you're going to stick with? That's the story I'm going to stick You weren't helping to. yourself. I was, well, listen, <laughs> in the long run, yes. And, uh, but it is a joy. And I appreciate you being here today as well. Always enjoy that. And we're going through, you know, because we're having some real special record, pre-records coming up. Mm-hmm. And just share with you the 13th. And, and it's going to be 12 of them because on Fridays, we're going to do Fireway Friday, yes, Christmas, and then New Year's Eve. And uh, But that's I, I just want to give people a shout-out for that. This is going to be an excellent study that we are looking at 12 different, I, I would say, th- uh, promises, mm-hmm. hopes that we have as believers. It's so, the so, 12 indisputable truths. And those truths gives hope, and we're going to go through those. So we weren't going to be doing that at Christmas. We're going to be doing it during the Christmas mm-hmm. week before. So we thought we would jump into Christmas on this, and this is December the 1st. It is. So, and it, after all, Thanksgiving has passed, so we can officially get into Christmas listen, now. Listen, the, the, you know, the store has been in it for two months, That's so right. why can't we do it this uh, for the last <laughs> month? Anyway, but I appreciate that, and we've gone through through Matthew chapter 1 and chapter mm-hmm. 2, and today we're going to look at the Gospel of John. We are. And now Matthew and Luke have the details, but John has some that I would say is uh, as great a promise of who Jesus is in the incarnation as anyone. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, stand strong. And we're going to look at that today. I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to it. I am too. And I'm glad we're getting to do that because the, the, Nativity scene, if you will, as as depicted in John, is unique uh, than the other gospels, and and I really like that. It it doesn't mean the other ones are wrong or that John's any more right. It just means that because of who they were and how they presented the gospel, we understand it was all given by the instruction of the Holy Spirit. But it just shows the way that God used different people for different things, and so yeah. Go with ahead. that in mind, we're going to go. I want to start this by looking at next to the last chapter and the last two verses of chapter 20, because when I say this, Mm -hmm. then we'll jump back to the first. Okay. Do you ever do that? Read the last first? Well, not really. I'm a plot guy. Okay. So I want to know what's happening. But anyway, here, here it is. Listen to this. John 20 verses 30 and 31, Jim. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written 
that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Amen. What what John's purpose was is stated right here. Right. That this you may believe. And when you read John chapter one, that has the incarnation in it in a different way than the other right. two books of Luke and Matthew, you see that these are written that you may believe. I love a book with purpose, a life with purpose, and this broadcast with purpose. Amen. Well, and when you see that, you, that go, coincides with the other epistles of John. You know, here we have the gospel of John, but when you look in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, you'll find that phrase or a phrase like that because he wants to make sure that people understand that he's not writing so that John will be heard. He's writing so that the voice of Christ would be heard and his ministry. And so, uh, Give us those three breakdowns again that you did there, because I know I know you've got them broken down. Well, when you look at it, you look at the purpose of Jesus coming, mm-hmm. the purpose of his coming, the purpose of his life, and then the purpose of his death and resurrection. Amen. Everything that you see here is for purpose. So John was writing that we might believe that those who believe might grow, Mm -hmm. and those that believe and grow share. Now, you get that? In other words, John didn't say this is something you keep to yourself. This is something that is is to be shared with the world. And so John does that. I I think John has that in mind as much as any of the four Gospels. Right. Uh, I'm riding with this purpose. Now, all of them had purpose, but John's is just laid out there. Luke did pretty good. He says, I'm riding these things that you might grow, you know. So all of them had purpose. But I, I just thought that was interesting that you could go to the back of the book of John, the uh, the last cha- next right. to the last chapter, and see for that purpose. Amen. And so with that, when you turn to chapter 1, verse 1 and following, Oh, yeah, man, you can see what he's driving home now. Right. And the the very first verse settles the question for eternity. <laughs> and I mean that. I mean, because when you look at that, you see it. People want to know how long Christ has been around. Well, according to verse 1, chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, he's been around a minute. Yeah, he's been around more than a minute, if you will. You know, it's so strong that those that believe that Jesus became God mm -hmm. at either birth or at the baptism or right before it on the cross, they have to take this completely out and change it. They do. And it also, it it reaffirms the triune Godhead, you know, three in one. And so let's get into this, shall okay. we? Let me read verses 1 and 2 through 5. I think that would okay. be good. 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, King James says overcame or overcome. The darkness does not overcome it. Now, you know that I, I enjoy New King James. I enjoy the New Living Translation. Uh, but sometimes, Half as much as you do the Amplified. That's right. Half as much <laughs> as I do the Amplified. But when it says did not comprehend it, I think that's important because 
it shows that the light was the light of men, but darkness can't comprehend or cannot overcome it. And so when we look at it in that sense, no matter how dark our country is getting, and folks, there are dark spiritual clouds on the horizon. They are overcast. But when we see through the light that we've been given because it came from God, then that helps us have a better understanding of what the scriptures say. And that's what the light points to. You know, and again, John's real big on light. Light, life, and love. Mm -hmm. Listen, he loves those three words, and he uses them, as you said, not just in the gospel, but you see it in his three epistles as well. But you come to verse 1, in the beginning. Can I say this precedes creation? I believe you would be correct. uh, Because verse 3 says, all things were made through him. That's creation. But he was he was self-existent before that in the beginning. And let's look at these words. He was the Word. He was with God. And the Word, he was God. Mm-hmm. That is something. And you're just talking about the three. It states that in the beginning was the Word. Now, how do we know that this is referring to Jesus? I think it's wise to skip down to verse 14, right. and then we'll come back to it later. I don't think you can, because right. this is really the incarnation, verse 14. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And like you said, that is a statement that reinforces the first verse. But the first verse also reinforces that. They're, and it's uh, it's one of those things. In fact, if you look, if you go back to Genesis, Genesis says, you know, in the beginning, uh, that that there was creation, and then that God, you know, he he formed this, and that the spirit was where the spirit was out and hovering uh, uh, over the surface. That's of right. The earth. And then the word was there with him as well. And so when God spoke, let there be light. He was not only speaking of the spherical sun in the sky. I believe that it was because he knew that the light of the world was going to be need to be revealed sometime later. That's good, Jim. I've heard this, and I don't know what preacher said it first, but he, whoever did it. Well, at it, this point, it's yours. Okay. He said for him to create, God only had to speak. That's right. But for him to redeem, he had to die. Mm. And you can see, uh, and John, that's what John is getting to. He starts with creation. Mm-hmm. You catch that? And brings us into redemption. And that that's the whole idea. The gospel, the Bible can be put into three categories. The creation, the fall, redemption. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole idea. Now, most folks divided the Old and New Testament, and that's good too. But if you look at it, it's man, man created, man fell, and then God's program of redemption as it would come about and God would be revealed to us. Uh, you know, the book of Hebrews has a lot to say about that. He spoke through the law, through the prophets, you know. But in these last days, the book of Hebrews says he has spoken to us through his son. And this is the message that we bring. Now, notice in verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Uh, Jim, that shows the equality. You know, it's not God the Father up here. God God the Son under him mm-hmm. and God the Holy Spirit under them. Now, they're three in one. It is Trinity, 
it is beyond our complete comprehension and way beyond our complete explanation. Right. I just know it. But if you noticed all through the scripture how the Father makes much of the Son, the Son makes, makes much of the Father and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. He said, man, it's necessary that I go. If I don't go, the Spirit will not come, and you desperately need the Spirit. Right. And when the Spirit comes, he draws all men unto the Father through Jesus Christ. It is, you You were talking about how verse 1 and verse 14 you know, right. support one another. When you see the Trinity and you see them as they work and minister, you see how they they're they're not given uh, wanting the glory. They they really do pass it on. The Father passes it on to the Son. The Son gives it to the Father. The Holy Spirit makes much of God through Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing to see how how they uh, support mm-hmm. the who they are or who He is. It's one. Three in one. Don't ask me. When the people start calling, they said, "Explain the Trinity." I'll already tell. I'll, I'll already tell you. I can't. I just no, know the Bible teaches. That's right. Well, and I think that it's important that we see that John refers to him as the Word. You know, the the Word. And a moment ago, you said that for God to create, He only had to speak. And what did He speak? He spoke the Word. And now the Word has become flesh. So God spoke the Word to Mary that she was going to have his child, you know, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and that this word would become flesh, as we studied, you know, yesterday in Matthew, and you guys will cover again in Luke. But all of these are important. We're going to come back to the Gospel of John here in just a moment as Exploring the Word continues here on American Family Radio. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Dr. Terry Adiram, Acting Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs. She is the Principal Advisor for Personnel and Readiness Related to Policies, Programs, and Activities. 3 John 1-2 reminds us of the importance of good health. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Dr. Terry Adiram at the Department of Defense. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our fourth year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says there's prayer and then there's prayer. What's the difference? We'll discover the answer as we turn to James 5.16 and spend two minutes with Tony. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The effective, the word there means energized. Remember to energize a bunny? The energized prayer. So this is not, Lord, bless this food to my body. In fact, when we pray that prayer, we don't even care whether God is listening. We want to get to the food before it gets cold. The effective, focused, energized prayer can accomplish much. I remember some years ago, we had the daughter of one of our members dying of cancer. Things looked hopeless. Pastor Hawkins and I went to the hospital. 
we unbuttoned our jackets and took off our coat and we got on the floor and said, God, we need you to come down now and intervene in this situation. Why? Because this is a serious suffering, a serious sickness, and this is not regular business as usual. And through some supernatural means, things got turned in that girl's life and the cancer dissipated. Now that wasn't because we had something special. All we did was we went to God serious. That prayer can accomplish much, not a little bit, a whole lot. Learn more principles that can get you aligned with God and His power. Check out Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Jim Stanley in for Dr. Alex McFarland today alongside Brother Bert Harper. And we are in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. A moment ago, you were talking about Hebrews. And I, <laughs> as you were talking about Hebrews, I was turning towards Hebrews. Okay. So let me share this from Hebrews 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. <laughs> the son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from his sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. God spoke. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning, and without him was nothing made that was made. Now, that's the Jim Stanley paraphrased edition. It's mostly good. Mostly King James in there, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's, you know, years ago when I memorized it, that's what I memorized it from. But when we look at all that, though, Bert, and the light shines in the darkness, the darkness did not comprehend it. We talked about that. Now, you know, yesterday, I think Alex and I talked about that Mary had gone to stay with her aunt for a while. And while she was there, her baby acknowledged who Christ was. There, the, her baby leapt in her womb. And so we know this to be John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist goes before Christ again. Amen. And so the gospel continues. He does. That verse 5, I just got a comment. The light shines in the darkness. I, Isaiah 9, 2. Mm -hmm. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. 
that shining light is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he he walked among us. That's, I mean, you know, he he loved us enough to become flesh and dwell among us, stay with us, and and then die for us. I, I made another one is uh, Isaiah nine six and seven. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. There'll be no end to his his government. Now, I, I want to share with you, that's the light that we're talking about. That's right. We're talking about Jesus Christ coming into the world darkness. Go back to creation. There was darkness unto the light was made to shine in. It was void without light. It was emptiness. That When you look at that, uh, Jim, and think about physical earth, think about it spiritually. Mm-hmm. Darkness, empty. But Jesus Christ comes in and that light comes in. You see things that you've never seen before. You have a whole different perspective. Things have meaning that had no meaning before. That is the difference. So this scripture says, and the light shines in the darkness. Praise the Lord for that light. Amen. And he's come into the world. And as you said, John, notice what it says in verse 7. This man, John, came for a witness to bear witness of the light. So the two words that talk about the incarnation of Jesus is the word and light. Now, I think about those, Jim. They both bring enlightenment. When you look at the word and you have that, if you were just looking at reading the Bible, mm-hmm. you would have that word. And then here you have light. You have light that shines on the word that brings meaning out of that word. Right. That's the whole aspect of the incarnation. Had this not happened, then man, yeah, we'd still be listening for prophets. We'd still be looking for the law. We'd still be looking at that, but as you read in Hebrews, but no, in these last days, he's spoken to us finally by his son. Right. And that is the final word. Amen. And, you know, as you look at that, I liken it somewhat to a laser. Now, if you've ever had a laser pointer or you've had a laser on a scope or any number of things, you can turn that on and that laser cuts through whatever darkness there is and we'll take and put a pinpoint on a wall or on a floor. And so this, when you look at the scripture, the scripture is much more powerful than any laser that's ever been made. And God is shining that light on his son because his son was made flesh that he may bring us the word because he has walked through the life that we have, has seen life as we have seen it, has wept as we have wept over the death of a friend, over a, uh, over a city because of the corruption that he saw there. All of these things Christ has done as we've learned through the scriptures. And so God has taken this light, almost a, a spotlight, if you will, and shined down on his son. And the reason I use the laser instead of the spotlight is because the spotlight gets weaker the further out it goes. But the light of God is broadcast without any problem whatsoever. It penetrates, doesn't it? It does. It does. And and we come here, verse 12, but as many as received him, we're talking about the light and the word, Mm -hmm. he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In other words, your birth 
your your ancestry, your goodness of your own, your desire to change. No, all those do not bring about this relationship. It is the will of God. Now, here it is, verse 14 again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You can't help but think of Philippians. Right. It says he emptied himself and became us. Uh, Jim, that's quite a sacrifice. I've used this illustration before. I'm going to use it again. We say, I, that doesn't mean that much. Him becoming flesh. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, you don't even know the half of it. Uh, I had a friend, and Mike Brzezinski, he was a gr- he's a great friend of mine. Love him. And he was witnessing to a man who at a country store. And in country stores, a lot of times, guess what? They sell in the back, and not what you think, but earthworms. Mm. Earthworms, you know, so That's they can good go fishing. fishing. Bait. You good fishing bait. And so, anyway, Mike was witnessing to him, telling about what Jesus had done, and he died and rose again on the third day. The man gave Mike an unexpected answer. Said, well, if I knew that I was going to be raised in three days, I would do that. Mm. And he went on and. That kind of threw Mike off, and but he got to thinking about those earthworms. And in Psalm 22, it says, I'm a worm and not a man. Right. And so he went back to him, and he said, sir, you know that the other day you said to me? He said, I want to give you a, an illustration. He said, go ahead. He said, you know those earthworms you got in the back? Yeah. He said, if they were going to die, and the only way you could save those earthworms was for you to become an earthworm and take the remedy to them, would you become an earthworm and stay an earthworm? He said, of course not. And Mike said to this man, sir, if you only knew how great God is and how desperate we are as man, there's a greater difference between God and man there is than there is between the man and the earthworm. Right. That's how much Jesus loves you and cares for you. So when we read these words and the word became flesh, don't, don't diminish that and say, oh, that's nothing. It is something. And he dwelt among us. And then it gets to this line. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, Jim, I could not help but think of the transfiguration. And John was there when Jesus was seen with Moses and Elijah. Mm -hmm. That's in Matthew 17, Mark 9, Luke 9. And you find that Jesus, his glory was demonstrated And here, this is not only talking about the birth of Jesus here and the word became flesh, but it's also referring back, I think, to the transformation, you know, transfiguration Mm -hmm. of Jesus, and we beheld his glory. Now, they did see him do great works. I admit that. But the only place the full glory of Jesus was seen was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right. And you remember what those three guys that were there did? They bowed their heads because they couldn't look upon him. I couldn't help but think about Moses being hidden in the cleft right. of the rock as God passed by. You know? Right. That's the glory of Jesus. And when we talk about the incarnation, we're talking about Jesus the glory, the Shekinah glory of God in heaven and him becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Jim, that is beyond my comprehension of love. Amen. Me too. Because when you see that or or when you try to see that in your mind's eye, we don't have anything to compare it to. There's there's no glory on earth that can point us to the glory that we're going to see when we stand before the Father. You know, there's a lot of beautiful things in this in this earth. God has created magnificent, 
beautiful things. Uh, yesterday, I think we were talking about off mic, not during the during the show, but off mic. We were talking about the beauty of Pikes Peak. Yeah. And Focus on the Family has an office there in, in uh, Colorado oh, Springs. Colorado Springs. And the boardroom, <clears throat> the they have a deck and, and picturesque windows, and the windows look directly out at Pikes Peak. And I think I told Devin yesterday, I don't know how they ever get any work done because I would just be sitting there or how they even get any thoughts crossed during the meeting because I would just be looking at that. I've had the privilege of visiting, um, oh, my gosh, big old can- Grand Canyon. Yes. Uh, my, yeah. my brain's a little turned off today. And the beauty just in the different levels, you can't, you can't look back at the same space and see the same thing twice because there's so much beauty and grandeur there. But when we think of that, if I can't comprehend the beauty of things that God has made and is now inhabiting a fallen world, how could I ever conceive to think of what the Word who became flesh looked like while he was just the Word? Amen. He is beyond description. Paul talked about it being in the third heaven, Mm -hmm. and he saw things that's indescribable. He said, I can't even put them in words, the glory. And and that is the glory of Jesus Christ, and it's waiting on me and you, those of us that know Christ. And he went on, and he said, John bore witness of him, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And listen to this, and of his fullness... We have all received, and grace for grace, in of his fullness. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Jim, what we do, if we're not careful, we will talk about the humanity of Jesus and, the, and, and him being God as well. It's comprehensible. It's the fullness of who he is. He is no one that's ever like him. And the incarnation completely set it apart from anyone ever being born of woman He was, but that was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And here we had God among us. You remember what he called him? Emmanuel. Right. God with us. And I I, I want to go here just for a minute, and you add to it. I I hear folks, and I'm one of them. I would have loved to have been there to see, you know, Jesus do these miracles. I'd have loved to have been on the Mount of Transfiguration. To be with God, that's amazing. We're going to be with God when we after we die. Right. And they say, well, what about us? Don't sell the Holy Spirit in us short. What is greater, having God with you or having God in you? Right. That is the power of the indwelling, the incarnation, Jesus Christ becoming flesh and dwell among us, him dying on the cross and him being raised again, and going to the Father to send the Holy Spirit, listen to this. The incarnation would lead to the indwelling. Right. The indwelling Holy Spirit in us. So what we have here today, because of the incarnation, because of the life, death, and 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 resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have God not just with us, but we have God in us in the person of the Holy Spirit, Jim. Amen. That's again beyond comprehension for me. You know, 
we won't get through this first chapter of John. <laughs> I, uh, wasn't, I wasn't planning no, on it. I, and I, and I'm know. not entirely sure we're going to get through the first 18 <laughs> verses, but we'll try. Uh, but there's just so much truth here, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to do John. It's, it's one of my favorite parts when it talks about this and the way that it relates to us as humans day in and day out. It moves away from the Christ in the cradle, if you will, and automatically begins pointing to the work that Christ came to do. And even where we see now that John the Baptist is picked up, um, we look over at verse 19, we get to verse 19, but before we get there, it says, of his fullness in verse 16, we have all received and for grace, for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. (laughs) The law was given by Moses, but the living, breathing, flesh-bound Word of God came through who? Not through a man, but through God becoming the man-child that we have the hope of life everlasting through him. Now look at this. Grace and truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Only Jesus connects those. I mean, if we only dwelt in truth, we don't measure up. We could never. There's none good. No, not one. If grace was the only thing, God would cease to be God by letting sin in. Right. But through Jesus Christ, grace and truth stand together. And by that, we are and can be saved. That's the good news. Here it is. It came through Jesus Christ. I got one thing to say mm-hmm. about that, and it could only come through him. Amen. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Hallelujah. Word for word, grace for grace. 888-589-8840. Exploring the Word continues straight ahead. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. Take a time out in the corner. Refuse to allow anything, whether they be relationships, whether they be friends and family members, whether they be a Supreme Court refusing to hear a case, whether they be any election results, no matter what it is, refuse to allow those things to eclipse the preeminence of Christ in your life. The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, weekday afternoons at 5 central on AFR. The podcast is available anytime at AFR.net. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Psalm 46 is a popular psalm as it includes the text, Be still and know that I am God. This was the conclusion to a psalm that previously observed, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This described what looked like the end of the world. Nevertheless, the psalmist remained unshaken. He refused to allow present difficulty to cause him to forget God's past faithfulness. Virus or no virus, 
God is our refuge and strength. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not.net. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Someone has asked what has 16 characters, four set locations, two writers, and one plot? The answer every Hallmark movie ever made. Now let's tweak that. What has 3,000 characters, 35 writers, took 1,500 years to write, and has one plot? The answer, the Bible. And like Hallmark movies, the Bible is a love story. It traces God's plan for humanity, revealing love so intense and intentional that it's totally unpredictable. We ask to be saved from our struggles. God sent His Son Jesus to save us from sin. We wanted to rule our own lives. Jesus' birth was the picture of humility and surrender. What a beautiful, beautiful story. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep, it makes my resistance seem so thin. So as we're talking about the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among men, what a great prayer from Big Daddy Weave. Hold me, Jesus. And, of course, originally done by Rich Mullen. Amen. Hold me, Jesus. And uh, listen, I have to admit it, the Salvation Army band playing, I think I'll be Jim. Every That's time right. that bumper music comes on, I, there's Jim's song. Well, and, you know, they've had some controversy the last several days, and uh, they have, in fact, pulled a, a pamphlet that they had put out uh, regarding racism. And so they've had some turbulent times. And the national commander has released a statement and all this other. So um, that's that's been an interesting story. Tim has kept me up to date okay. on that story. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Well, let's go to the phone and let's talk to Todd calling from Louisiana. Todd, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, brothers, Merry Christmas to both of you. Merry Christmas Merry Christmas, to you. yes. Um, I want to talk about Ephesians 6. When Paul talks about, you know, when he says, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Now, this is critical. So what does he mean by that? I mean, that's all we see around here is flesh and blood. Bert, this goes back to what you and I were just talking about, um, that there, you know, we talked about the darkness earlier, and the spiritual realm, and how we could see spiritual clouds growing. And, you know, you're right, um, Todd, it may be that we only see flesh and blood, but Paul talks about it often, that there is a battle going on in spiritual places, that there is a spiritual warfare that's being conducted. And we can't fight it in and of ourselves, can we? We cannot. Again, Todd, what you do, you don't look at just one verse and say, okay, now verses stand and they stand strong. Certain verses stand alone without any context or text. But notice what he says in verses 10 and 11. 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in the flesh, Mm -hmm. and in the power of his might. He encourages each day, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Here it is. This is spiritual warfare, and this spiritual warfare does lead and works out in our human society. And But he says the real power is not wrestling against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Each one of those seems to be realms of satanic attack. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes all the way to us, all the way up to others as well. So what you have here is in this context, the real battle, if you can win the battle spiritually in your emotions, your your mind, of you know, you can, you're a victor. If you're always just fighting in the flesh, uh, you'll lose every time. That's you right. really will. And so, yes, the battle is on with people doing wrong. But why do they do that? It is Satan, the enemy, who has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And he has his minions at strategic places to try to influence evil. So don't give room to Satan. Amen. John calling from West Virginia. John, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. I'll, I'll say what I had to say and then get off of here and save time. On the, I've seen this about a year ago on YouTube, that at the point of conception of a baby, there is a flash of light, and I thought maybe you guys might be able to connect the light up to what you've been talking about here earlier. Well, John, that's a great observation. I don't know that um, I have not seen that, uh, and so I'm obviously I, I I've can't. heard about right. what happens: the egg and the sperm. Mm-hmm. When they come, there's a reaction. From that reaction, now what light is, you know. It's. I would say there's kind of a flash, mm-hmm. and you know when anything unites like that, there's a reaction, right. an action, and uh, whether how much light that flash or whatever it is, but that's that's not a bad idea that you know there the light has come into the world through right. Jesus Christ, right? And guess when it happened? The Holy Spirit conceived, conceived. That's right. And so I don't think his. Uh, relationship with that is speaking of that we do need to pray the arguments were made before yep. the supreme court and i wrote down we need to pray for the supreme court i'm just going to take time out now and do that amen father i thank you that you are our truth and father we're only going to be right when we agree with you and we follow through on those things and father i'm praying for those nine individuals on the Supreme Court. Father, I pray that you would work in their lives, show them the Constitution, show them the truth, the laws, and Father, show them the value of life. And Father, we pray that you would help and help our country, that we would overcome uh, the, the killing of babies, unborn babies, Father, and that we would set our face aright toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, John, and you helped me to remind me to pray. 
and looking back at that, you know, the concept of light, we understand there. I don't want to be spooky spiritual, and I'm and I'm not. I don't want to read something into the word that's not there. But when the light of Christ penetrates our dark heart, there is certainly that there because we understand that that's how we. That's why it's described as a light. And I think that's why it's described as a light that the world cannot comprehend or overcome. I agree. And this light overcomes darkness. Mm-hmm. And and that's why you, we were talking about earlier, me reading the back of the book of John first. Right. You know, I've read the back of the book and we win. That's right. Now I know. But uh, uh, Jim, when we see this, that Jesus is, is what John did, he is life, light, and love Mm -hmm. those three things just think about in jesus christ for god so loved the world that he gave his son that he is the light of the world and in him is life amen and men can come into that life that light and experience that love absolutely well let's talk to janice she is calling from texas this afternoon janice welcome to exploring the word Uh, yes I just enjoy your program so very much. And as I was reading my Bible earlier this week, I was wondering if the Bible clearly tells when angels were created. They had, no, but they had to be created before the earth was because Lucifer himself uh, was created, and we find this in Ezekiel and in Isaiah. And he, we, I believe he was one of the archangels. Right. You know, Michael and Gabriel being the other two, and he led a third rebellion against God. And they were all created beforehand, and before the the creation. It seems like. Yeah, I but don't think I it don't was one of the time. seven days of creation. It doesn't as we think way. about it, no. because I think if it were, God would have shown it in His Word. I agree. Because with He you. certainly made everything else apparent that was created at that time. But the specific day, Janice, no, but. I want to. We have time for this. Yeah, they are created beings. They are. Lucifer was a created being, uh, and what Satanism, Satanic Church teaches that he and Jesus are are equal. It's kind of. I hate to go back to Star Wars and the Force, right. but it sounds a little bit like this. Take it. No, it I'm does. I'm not condemning uh, Star Wars. I, you know, I've seen it. But it's like Eastern religion. Here's the force. Are you going to use it for good or are you going to use it for evil? No, God is good. And and Satan, Lucifer, rebelled, and and he is still trying to rebel, but he is a defeated foe. That's the good news. Amen. Well, let's talk to Ken, calling from Louisiana. Ken, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. By the way, folks, the number is 888 888- Five eight nine eight eight four zero. I'm sorry, Ken. Oh, hey, um, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, I, uh, earlier, Bert, you talked about the Trinity, um, and you said you wasn't sure how to describe it. The way it was put to me was uh, like water or H2O. There's three forms of water, you know, ice, steam, and liquid water. But all three, it's still H2O. That's how the the uh, the Trinity was described to me. The sense to me, so I don't know. I thought I'd pass it along. Well, I appreciate that, Ken. I, I there are many illustrations. An individual who is a father, he is also a son and a husband. Mm-hmm. But 
that same thing, it's either water at one time and then it uh, it's frozen and it becomes uh, ice or then it's steamed and becomes vapor. But it can't be all three at the same time. No. You catch? Right. That is, that is the limitation of that. But it does describe the substance. Yes, now, that's the part it does. That is exactly right, Ken. It describes their substance of who they are, but not the activity of how they operate at the same time. And both of those are much more substantial than the what was pointed out to me earlier, not earlier today, but earlier in my life, you know, in trying to determine the Trinity and understanding how it was. Um, you know, with me, everything comes down to food. And so it was talked talked about it being like a good homemade cherry pie. You may look across the top of the pie and see the lines of demarcation that makes it look like there's three pieces of pie. But inside that pie, there is one filling, and it goes throughout. And it continues even after you cut it until you take that out. That's still one pie. And so there may be lines of demarcation saying the Son, the Spirit, and the Father, but it's still they're still one. They're one together. Yep. They they are co-equal in power and glory, as the Scripture just you know describes it to us. And, so yeah, and, when you're and, trying to describe that to someone, especially a new believer, man, that gets hard. It does. And again, uh, I, I just know they're three in one, three separate. Because at Jesus' baptism, you had Jesus being baptized. Right. You had the Father from heaven speaking, this is my Son, right. in whom I'm well pleased. And then you have the Holy Spirit descending as a dove. The and very presence. Very presence. And so, uh, pray, Ken, thank you for that. That is a great, and it does show the essence, the substance of them as the same, no matter which one. Where we go to next? Well, let's talk to Gary calling in from Louisiana. Gary, welcome to Exploring the Word. Man, I just love all this Trinity talk all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, I, I love it because it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and praise God for God. Yeah, Gary, go ahead. Now, I want one of you boys, I'm driving, so help me, help me out here, but I'll give you the paraphrase. Isaiah 65, verse 17, God created. Said, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and you won't call to mem remembrance any of it. Right, and, and okay. the Scripture says, For behold, I created new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Be, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. And then it goes on. And uh, go ahead with your statement now, Gary. And then, and then if you go back to Genesis in chapter 2, God rested after he he says he he said it he rested after all, after all that he had created mm -hmm. and made. So there's two different times, two different heaven and earth ages that have happened so far. Is my point, and the third one coming is eternal. <laughs> Amen. And let me describe that Revelation twenty one one. And, Paul, and John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Right, the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was no more sea. Praise the Lord. Listen, I couldn't help but compare this, guys. You remember when uh, Zerubbabel and he brought the children of Israel out of Babylon back into Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the temple. They got together, and the 
older men who remembered the former temple, they cried because right. this temple, it doesn't even compare with the old one. Hey, when we see this new heaven and new earth, it's going to wipe away every memory that we might have of the former things. Praise the Lord. That's what God does. Amen. Rebecca, let's see if we can get your question in real quick. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, thank you. My question is, um, the previous caller asked about Satan, and, and you mentioned that Satan was created. My question is, um, when Satan is defeated, it doesn't appear that God destroys Satan, that he simply puts him in the pit, which to me indicates God's mercy. What do you think? Oh, I don't think that's going to be merciful. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, the reason I say that, Rebecca, is because, you know, we read that hell was a place that was created for Satan and his followers. And that's going to include, uh, not us, hopefully, uh, but it's going to include man who has refused to accept Christ as Savior. And that's not going to be a place of, of great joy. In fact, uh, the beggar, you know, and the, the rich, rich man, man in hell, he was he, still in He's there. And so go ahead, Bert. I, I would say this concerning this issue. We, man, far as uh quantity or length of time is eternal mm -hmm. but the eternal life we get is not just the length it is the quality right so S lucifer satan they will exist that you don't cease to exist but he's in torment right the rest of the time and part of that torment i really believe is knowing that he is separated from the presence of god for eternity i agree with you that's that's literally the worst thing mm -hmm. about hell, separation from God. Amen. Folks, this has been Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We appreciate your phone calls. We appreciate your study. Theoretically, Bert and Alex are back tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> for Bert Harper, I'm Jim Stanley. Thanks for listening. Tell someone about AFR. Tell everyone about Jesus. Jesus.